Welcome to Teach Me Sentai, a podcast where we're taking a look back at the Power Rangers and the Japanese series that gave it its inspiration and footage, Super Sentai. I'm Natalie Bridgman. And I'm John McDonough. And if you so desire, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash teachmesentai. John, what are we doing today? We made it. It is our season one finale of our little podcast and the season one finale, if you want to call it that, of Mighty Morphin <laughs> Power Rangers. This is episode 57 through 60. We'll take us through the rest of the Shoe 2 era. Yeah. It's funny because Netflix was like, even notified me when I finished the episode, like when I was on the last episode, they're like, this is the last episode of the season. And I was like, it sure yeah. is. And it's really thrilling and definitely builds to a climactic <laughs> finale. If you want to watch it along with us, as Natalie just alluded to, you can do so on Netflix in the US. Do we need a previously? There are Power Rangers. There are six of them. Zach has a crush on a girl named Angela. Uh, yeah. The more we say, the worse, I think, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think we should just go for it. Let's just go. All right, let's do it. Okay. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 1, Episode 57, Enter the Lizinator. Kimberly's cousin Kelly is practicing for cheerleading tryouts at the U Center, and it's not going great. Kimberly tries to help her practice, but Kelly feels like she'll never be as good as Kim and runs off. Rita is jealous that people are cheering for anyone but her. She decides to kidnap Kelly to distract the rangers so her latest monster, the Lizinator, can destroy the city. Back at the U Center, Jason agrees to do a favor for Ernie and pick up some supplies downtown. Kimberly and Tommy find Kelly in the park, and Kim assures her that everyone has to practice to get it right. Putty's attack. Kimberly and Tommy fend them off, but can't stop Squat and Babu from kidnapping Kelly. They take her to a cave. Kim and Tommy grab everyone but Jason and head to the command center. Meanwhile, the Lizinator attacks downtown, right in Jason's line of sight. He morphs and fights the monster, but the monster thinks it's too easy to fight just one ranger, so he runs off. Jason joins the others at the command center, and they realize they'll need all six rangers against the Lizinator. But even then, they may not be able to penetrate its super metal skin. Alpha will try to find Kelly, but for now, it's morphin' time. They find the monster in a quarry about to push a car off a cliff. It calls for putties for support. Jason tries to push the monster away and drive the car away from the edge, but there's a putty inside. It drives after Jason, who ends up clinging to the top of the car, getting shot with lasers. Tommy comes to his rescue, and though Jason is worried that this will drain the rest of his powers, he goes into the fight. Kelly remembers what Kimberly said about never giving up and decides to teach Squat and Babu some cheers. The cheers are anti-Rita and tire her captors out. Tommy has managed to hold off the monster while the rangers destroy the putties, so Rita makes the Lizinator giant. They call on the Zords. They're useless against the metal skin, so they call Titanus and form the Ultra Zord. Its lasers easily destroy the Lizinator. Alpha sends Kelly's location, and they teleport in, but she's already scared off the captors. At the tryouts, Kelly has learned to believe in herself. Bulk and Skull show up to mock her. Bulk does a cheer and rips his pants. Kelly nails her tryout, which mostly involves dancing and not cheer that she practiced. She makes the team. Episode 58, football season. Tommy's going to try out for the football team, but he's worried about making the cut. Bulk has nothing but confidence. He's so excited to show off his skills that he tackles Kaplan. Tommy is intimidated, but Jason knows that if he brings the same focus he has for karate, it'll be fine. Rita decides to create her own team, the Rhino Blaster Monster and some putties. What a novel concept. 
At the juice bar, Ernie reveals his own college football success and offers to help Tommy out. Skull encourages Bulk to study ballet to help him out. Kimberly laughs at him. Tommy stays at the youth center with Ernie while the others go to play flag football in the park. Tommy keeps accidentally doing karate during the football drills, and Bulk does more ballet practice during detention. The original five have a great game that does involve flips and tricks. Goldar sends the putties to interrupt them to get some quote-unquote practice. The Rangers kick their butts, complete with football-themed hijinks. The putties teleport away. But there's no time to celebrate as Zordon calls them to the command center. Rita has sent down the Rhino Blaster. It's morphin' time. Rhino Blaster brings in putties and football pads? These putties are pretty strong, and Rhino Blaster gets the upper hand and traps the Rangers in a multidimensional vortex. Alpha calls Tommy, reminded yet again of the Green Ranger's limited powers. He instantly takes care of the putties and fights the Rhino Blaster one-on-one. Rita simply can't wait to make her monster grow. Tommy brings out the Dragon Sword and Alpha realizes they can save the Ranger with the Dragon Dagger. If Tommy throws it into the Rhino's multidimensional mist and the Rangers can grab it, they'll be freed. But if he fails, they could lose the dagger forever. Tommy fake surrenders to trick the Rhino Blaster into releasing the mists. Tommy throws the dagger and hops inside his Zord to pilot it from the inside. Unfortunately, Dragon Sword is no match for the monster on his own, and Tommy is thrown out. But at that moment, the Megazord appears. The dagger is returned. Tommy did it. They form the Mega Dragon Sword with all six swords and finish the monster. Rita has a headache. Jason, Billy, and Zack make the team, and so does Bulk, which will be good for him. Plus, Tommy is the, quote, new star quarterback. He thanks Ernie, who will surely be disappointed when the football team is never mentioned again. Episode 59, Mighty Morphin Mutants. Tommy is late because of a forgotten alarm. He's been very forgetful lately. Miss Appleby tells the class to ask their friends what aspect of their personality could use some work and try to change them. Rita realizes the Green Ranger does have a weakness and decides to give the badges of darkness to some putties to take advantage of it. It'll turn them into mutant rangers. Tommy tells Jason about the assignment and Jason brings up his forgetfulness. Kimberly and Trini back him up and agree to help Tommy work on it. Goldar trains the putties to be mutant rangers. They all pass except for the putty training to be the Red Ranger. Goldar decides to proceed with just five. Bulk and Skull show up to mock Tommy, and the others encourage them to be more gentlemanly, and under the threat of a bad grade, they agree. Kimberly and Tommy are attacked by their mutant counterparts, who copy all of their moves. After showing off their strength, they run away. The rangers all gather at the command center, and Zordon gives them the lowdown. This is definitely the Badges of Darkness, and it's only a matter of time before the Red One joins in. They don't really make a plan, though. Billy works on a memory device for Tommy, which mostly just yells at him. And then Kimberly gives Tommy ribbons to tie on his wrist, and Billy's device shorts out. Everyone's assistance is making Tommy more stressed. And then Rita sends down the Commander Crayfish monster, so they all, but Tommy, go to fight it. Tommy is not answering the communicator because he left it in his locker. Commander Crayfish is backed up by four non-green mutant rangers. Everyone takes on their counterpart while Jason fights the crayfish. Tommy gets back to his communicator, and he and the green mutant ranger join the fight. The mutants shoot them with their own power blaster, so the good guys run away. Zordon decides they need new, more powerful versions of their weapons. They head right back into the fight. They put their power blaster to work against the bad guys and win. Rita makes Commander Crayfish and only the Boy Mutant Rangers giant. They call the Zords Mega and Dragon. It's a pretty involved fight. The Rangers carry the Crayfish on their shoulders, which causes some difficulty, but the Ultra Zord is enough to finish the job. Tommy decides not to try to fix his flaw. Bulk and Skull show up as gentlemen and try to give Appleby a gag gift, but it blows up in their face. Episode 60, An Oyster Stew. 
It's a typical afternoon at the youth center, and Bulk and Skull are working on a rock song for an important audition. Angela's birthday is coming up, and Zach has to do something more phenomenal for her. That is a quote. Kimberly suggests they get her a singing telegram, but that's not enough for Zach. He wants to get her pearls. Kimberly and Tommy agree to double date if Angela accepts Zach's invite, so I guess they are a couple? Of course, this all inspires Rita to call upon the Essocide Pearl to release the Oysterizer, which will pollute the sea. It's obvious. It's going to also bring out the pearls of stillness, which they can trick Zach into giving Angela. And my God, why does this plan have so many layers? Zach asks Angela out and he agrees. He goes to buy pearl earrings, but can't afford them. Luckily, he runs into a strange man in the park who offers him some earrings from his dead wife. Zach buys them. The man is actually a putty. The crew shows up to the restaurant for the double date. The menu is in French, and Zach tries to order in French. She does badly. Putties attack the other three rangers. Meanwhile, at the command center, Alpha and Zordon are alerted to the Oysterizer. Zordon tells Jason, Billy, and Trini, and they instantly figure out that the pearl earrings Zach bought are bad news. They teleport to tell him instead of just calling him on the communicator. Zach's singing telegram shows up. It's Bulk and Skull. That was their big audition. Zach jumps to the pearl earrings, which Angela actually likes. She goes in for a kiss, and Bulk and Skull make a big mess interrupting them. Zach and Tommy go to clean up while Angela tries on the earrings. Jason and the others show up just too late to stop them, and the magic freezes everyone except for Tommy and Zach. They head to the command center, and Zordon tells them that the only way to reverse the spell will be to lure out the Oysterizer and break his pearl. They morph, they separate to find the monster, and it gets the jump on the solo Black Ranger, sprays him with acid gel. Tommy comes to his rescue and gives Zack his dragon shield to heal him up from the acid. Of course, Tommy is then immediately sprayed with acid himself. Zack jumps in and kicks the monster into the ocean, which I guess breaks the pearl, because the spell is broken and the pearl earrings disintegrate. Zack grabs the others. They're going to have to go after the monster and the Megazord underwater. They find the Echo Side Pearl and destroy it. The Oysterizer, who I guess is giant underwater, tries to get revenge. The Megazord can't function under the water well, but Dragonzord can. Tommy sends Dragonzord, who pushes the Oysterizer back onto land. He has this cool pearl ball and chain weapon that almost takes out the Dragonzord, but it's Megazord's turn to come to the rescue. It blasts the acid gel off of Dragonzord and destroys the Oysterizer with the Power Sword or Megazord or whatever it's called right now. Zack has learned to not try to impress someone with money and gets some nice and cheap flowers for Angela. He has Bulk and Skull play some music and sings her a song. Angela loves it and they kiss. Angela will never be seen or heard from again. Woo! What a set of episodes. I know. I mean, uh, I appreciate the season going out as itself, you mm-hmm. know, going yeah. out on its own terms. Yeah. Which are bonkers bananagrams. Just absolutely insane. No notes. I guess the, the podcast is over. I mean, what what even is there to say? Because the, there's no logic here. Mm-mm. There's no plot here. No. There's no anything here. No. Except it's, I don't even know that there's really vibes here. It's just It's very moments. strange. It's very, it's a lot of disjointed moments. I just kept thinking the whole time, like this toey footage that they get, right? It's like the this like shell of an episode that is just kind of random and every single time they're like yeah let's not do that though i know it's <laughs> wild to- like you look at the footage and toey mostly gives them all that they need yeah for the most part i think but like every time they choose to use it in a very weird yeah nonsensical way yeah like even more so than with the episodes that had like i mean we've seen plenty of episodes that they've adapted that have been like that's not going to work in the Power Rangers format. And they found right. a way to make it through. These sure. are all just like, what are you doing? Like, there's even less roadblocks to, like, a real adaptation. Because it's just, like, these very strange fights. And, like, they're not strange even. They're just pretty normal for Power Rangers. But the fact that they just take nothing from that idea. 
and make a whole nope. frame story that may have nothing to do with it whatsoever. It doesn't support it at all. And they're like, that's an episode. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it, it really does feel like they just decide what they want to do. Sometimes they take some things from it. Yeah. They'll they'll account for like, oh, these rangers are there. Or these rangers aren't. Sure. But then they're like, you know, what would be great. What if this monster was Arnold Schwarzenegger? My God. Well, so that one. Okay. So the Listenator is a great start. And thank God it's their first episode, I think. So that monster clearly has a thing with cars. Like in clearly. in the footage. He's like carjacking a car. And then they meet him at a quarry. He is with a car. And a car is featured in the fight. That is not. That's not anywhere in, like, his character that is created. Instead, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, which I guess this was, like, the height of that. Like, Terminator, all of it. Terminator 2 came out in 91. So, like, we're kind of past it. Right. I mean, but with this is, what, 93 at this point? Like, we're still... I guess. I think Terminator 2 is still really a part of the public consciousness. Right. So, like, I'm not, like appalled by the like it'd be weird if in the year of our lord 2023 someone made schwarzenegger power rangers Mm -hmm. monster Mm -hmm. but it's still really really weird and still has nothing to do with kimberly's cousin and her cheerleading tryout yeah and then she's kidnapped and like that's there's nothing there like nothing happens for some reason they clearly want to do a kimberly episode right i don't exactly know why we got one with pumpkin wrapper relatively recently Mm -hmm. and like Billy, for instance, we haven't got a lot of content with in a while. I think Trini has one Trini episode in this whole stretch. But anyway, it's a Kimberly episode. Proximity to the Green Ranger was probably making her very popular. Yeah, I would say, especially in this day and age, like they were a little bit more quick to be like, these are the trends right now. People like Kimberly and they like Tommy and they like them basically dating. But this is a kid's show, so we're not going to really say that. Right. (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah, they definitely wanted to make this like around her, which I get like that would be one thing if like Kelly was in that car that was going to get shoved out the quarry. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. she's just in some random cave. Some random cave doing cheers with Squat and Babu. Kimberly is not particularly featured in the Toei footage. Mm -mm. So it it does not match. At least later when we get a Zach episode, Zach is pretty heavily featured in the footage. Yeah. It's a really weird combo because you're, you're watching the episode being like, okay, it's this cheerleading thing watching them do this cheer like i think four times within the first two minutes it was driving me insane Mm -hmm. but then it just like that plot line evaporates yeah this different arnold schwarzenegger thing that's mostly jason tbh happens yeah and then we just catch up with kelly right there at the very end right and they don't even like stick it because like at the end when she like does her audition and does it really well she's like doing a dance instead and has nothing to do with cheering so like nothing to do at all i i don't even i don't even know what to do with that really because it's like they took two episodes of television and just smash them together but they're totally separate things like they don't support each other completely the stretch of episode also in a way i kind of love like every episode ends with a moral that's like yeah is that what we learned? And in this one, it's that like, you shouldn't compare yourself to other people because Kelly realizes that she shouldn't try to be like Kimberly. She should just try to have her own skills. I'm not actually clear how she learned this lesson or how the monster has to do with it. But in case you're wondering what the lesson of this episode is, that's it. I guess when she was cheering Squat and Babu to death, which question mark, or to sleep, whatever, that's when she had you an epiphany. <laughs> 
That would have at least made more sense. Like suddenly Kimberly's cousin has evil powers and that's why they're constantly like kind of butting heads. Anyway, that's a completely different show that I would really enjoy to watch, but whatever. Natalie's dream casting now. Yeah. Kelly seems to have a lot of familiarity with Tommy starting a chain that goes through all these episodes that is like, are they a couple? Mm -hmm. I feel like we kind of get our answer at the end because they're going on a double date, which implies to me, yes, they are. Yeah. But at this point, it's very like, oh, I know Tommy because he's always around our family. And I'm just like, what is happening? You have not filled in the gaps for me, Power Rangers. Part of me like wonders if that is like, I know it's intentional, but I wonder if like from a kid's perspective, like a young kid, if like so-and-so's boyfriend comes around or whatever, like you're older cousin or whatever do you really know who they are or are they just like a person around yeah i don't have like memories of my own to access in this regard yeah. just because of like the age of my various family members Same. but like i suspect it probably feels sort of just like i don't know like i don't have a big knowledge of this person i don't i don't think you'd want to hang out with them yeah it's unclear the power rangers are of course fake teenagers yeah right i don't know Weigh in. How did he, how did you feel, listener, about your older relative's significant other that you didn't realize was their significant other? Let us know. The other thing we get in this episode that I really like is the start of a trend that is new fighting songs that have the most bonkers lyrics. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really feels like every episode had to sit down and whip something out. And it's always just like nutso. This one's about dreaming and being a hero. I don't know why it's about those things, but those those are the lyrics mm-hmm. featured in, in today's song. They're great. I think it's a banger. They all kind of sound the same. Well, part of me wonders if they're the same song, just different verses, because we only get little clips. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I wouldn't put it past them, but it's it's always just like, oh, okay, here's a new one. Let's let's get into it. And watching with subtitles, can't recommend it enough because <laughs> the lyrics of these songs are all so stupid. And so, they're sometimes so stupid that the subtitles don't even know what they are. <laughs> That's great. They're like, is this a sentence? And it's like, it is. It is not what this singer is saying. <laughs> I love it. That's great. The listenator is really dumb, but also kind of funny to me he like appears as like must destroy power rangers and it's just like what is happening why is this happening at one point he calls them chowder rangers which yeah great frankly the accent i think very like in the beginning i was like is this a french accent and i think it was before like the actor whoever's doing his voice like settled into the arnold impression i did not get that it was arnold for like two scenes yeah it it took a minute because the accent was like shifting around Yeah, yeah, it's weird. And like that, I feel like at first I was like, is that on me? But I'm really glad you said that you had the same experience. Yeah, I, it's like halfway through my notes where I finally write in all caps, is this Arnold Schwarzenegger? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, oh, Lizinator, like Terminator, okay. Insane, insane. I have like so little to say about this episode. At one point, Tommy does a cool spinny kick. This one made me be like, oh God, we're really going to stumble to the end. I'm happy to say that we're going to get into some more fun after this one. But like everything you need to know about this episode is Kimberly's cousin is kind of annoying. The secret to cheerleading is pigtails and dancing, not cheerleading. cheerleading. And Power Rangers did an Arnold Schwarzenegger monster. And those things were not in any way connected in any way that would be meaningful. Right. I don't. I doubt we ever see this cousin again. No. I refuse to look it up. She annoys me too much. Yeah. Trini's cousin, much better. Liked her a lot. Liked her a lot. Sorry, Kelly, you're cut. <laughs> Get out. 
All right. Now we have to talk about football season episode, Ooh, actually. Football. This one was good and fun in a fun way, I think. It is fun. It was my favorite thing about this episode is that like the frame starts and you're like, oh, they just made this up. And then you get into the footage and there's actual putties yes. and football pads. And it's like, oh, that's cute. Which is so funny. Like in comparison to the episode we just watched, which has nothing like they're totally separate. And then it was like, oh, God, they're going to shove a football story into some footage that they got. And then they're in football uniforms. And it's so exciting. And there's football puns just like all the time. Everywhere. Like in the very first scene. When Bulk knocks over Kaplan's goals, like offsides, and we're just we're just always going to be saying football terms. We're always yeah. going to be referencing the beautiful sport of football and the teamwork required to do it. It's it's good times. It's great. It's great. Also, I think this episode really solidifies the fact that Scott and Bebu love American culture. They've really become quite attached to it. Yeah, and I love that for them. Mm-hmm. I hope we explore that more when Squat and Bebu become almost entirely just weird comic relief characters because. They're just hanging out with Lord Zed. Right. It'll be good for them. You know, they're they're assimilating, even if we don't want them to. Even if you wanted them dead in that cave. <laughs> well, it would have been something. Something would have happened. Anyway. In the foundation of this episode, we have to discuss something really important. Okay. Which is that Tommy absolutely should not be on this football team. He does not have time. And Bulk yeah. absolutely should. And I don't know why everyone's being so weird about it. Right. Like Bulk, like absolutely in any like high school, real high school context would be on the football team and would be doing really well. That's just true. Yes. Like Bulk is like a type of person who I feel like exists a lot in high school where like they're bigger. They're probably made fun of it. They're probably something of an outcast. The football coach is like, you should really go out for football because you can use the big boys. Mm-hmm. And then through that, find a sense of community and become less of an outcast. Like, I, I think there were like six of them at my high school. I oh, think there's yeah. probably one at every high school. It's the beautiful thing about team sports, if you ask me. But like, the way everyone else reacts to Bulk trying out for the team is so strange. They're just like, why would he ever feel like he would be good at the sport where you use your body weight to tackle things? Right. Bulk is very dedicated, a thing we know. And like, has exactly the body type you want to be a great defensive Absolutely. Lineman. I don't get it. But it's just because he's bulk. And so, like, he has to be bad, which is awful. Yes, it's stupid. I love Skull's support of mm-hmm. him. The We're going to, I think your one downside might be Grace. So let's let's teach you some ballet. I love it. Yeah, he's he was reading books about it. He's doing the research for his friend. I like that. It's previously been implied that Skull can't really read, so I'm happy to see that that's not true. (laughs) Maybe he gets him, like, hooked on phonics and things are better. But you know who absolutely doesn't have time to be a football player? Tommy. He's always at karate. He has a million and four karate tournaments. He's, like, missing half the fights. Also, he is a Power Ranger. Like, what are you doing, my guy? Like, this is not something that he has natural acumen towards, Mm -mm. nor is it something that he particularly has the time for. I want to know who told him he should go out for football. Yeah, I guess it's because, like, all of them end up on the football team, which, like, imagine what happens on a Friday night when there's, like, a monster in town and there's also a football game. Like, that's awful. Everyone is going to know immediately that they're Power Rangers. Yeah, I can't engage with the fact that all of them end up on the football team, except for that we have to engage with it. It is the most bonkers, (laughs) baffling concept. Like, there's so many layers of it that make no sense. First of all, Billy is on the football team. Billy Cranston is on the football team. Yeah, remember when 50 episodes ago he couldn't even, like, throw a punch right like not to say that you can't get better and change but like why would billy want to be on the football team i don't know yeah it doesn't strike me as something he'd be interested in same with zach to a certain extent like all of the interest that zach has shown me up to this point football playing not Not really one of them i could sort of see jason being on the football team but even then like 
Jason seems pretty dedicated to like karate. So it it's surprising to me that all of them both go out for the football team and make it. I don't think it's ever mentioned again. No. It's also weird because Tommy is the only one who seems to be concerned about making the team. Everyone else is like playing flag football, but it seems like something that they're just doing like for fun yeah. because, you know, it's football season and we're thinking about it. Right. And and also, I just think it's really funny that like Kimberly and Trini are like, we play fl- flag football and like are totally fine and confident in our skills. But Tommy, this like incredibly athletic person is just like, I just don't know if I can do it. It's just weird. It's weird. It's so silly. I do like the jokes though that like he put he like accidentally kicks like a, a blocking whatever the thing is. Like he's always doing accidental karate when he's practicing. I like that. It's one of the best things that the show has ever done. <laughs> if if I get nothing else from watching this YouTube era, I get Tommy accidentally does karate when he's trying to practice for football. Yeah. And that is so good and so funny. And, like, there should be more of that. That whole sequence. The fact that Ernie was a college football player is also very funny to me for some reason. Just because he, like, casually drops it in. And, again, I don't think it's ever going to be mentioned again. I think it explains his business acumen as well. Yeah, maybe he has a couple concussions under his belt. Maybe. Another reason Billy wouldn't do football. He's not going to risk hurting his head. But okay. I guess at this point we weren't talking about concussions as much. But but Tommy, like, trying to fight the dummy. Tommy trying to do these agility mm-hmm. drills and, like, slipping into karate. It's so good. Yeah. I love it so much. That's the best part. That's the best part of this whole frame story is that. I also like that when they're playing flag football, they have color-coded football flags. Yes. I think that's great and definitely helps you know who's on whose team. <laughs> Billy's arms are exposed, which is a thing I I think they generally avoid because like he's stacked. Like he's Dude, very fit. He looks so good. <laughs> it's so weird every time we like get David Yost's arms are out and it's just like, wait a minute. What are <laughs> Hold on. This nerd. <laughs> this guy's supposed to be like afraid of fighting. <laughs> what the fuck? They do flips, oh, they man. do tricks, they do stunts. It the uh, I, I really like the flag football sequence. Yeah. You know I love teen hijinks. It's good. It's fun. It feels a lot like like they're realizing like that what people really like about these episodes is like this kind of teen moment where they're doing goofy stuff. And I think that's why the frame stories are just getting more and more inflated with every episode. But yes, like, yeah, it's a fun time. It's good. The putties attack. There's like a football themed putty fight. So which I really fun. Like. We get the first play of a song that like is deep in my sense memory because of how it's stupid, <laughs> how stupid it is. It's called 541. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics are all the 541, which is, is not, those aren't words. It, it, it like, this song is buried deep in my head. And just like the second I heard it, I was like, oh yes, <laughs> 541. <laughs> I don't I don't remember it as much and I thought it was a jam, but I can understand. It is a jam. It's just part of I think why it's a jam to me is because all the five for one. That's not a sentence. Well, it is if you're not using real words and you're using numbers, it's fine. It is a vibe for sure. Yeah. After the fight, they go to the command center and Zordon says, one of my favorite Zordon lines from this whole stretch. As you can tell from her latest putties attack, Rita has planned a football game of her own because it's like, what are you talking about? Like, putties fight all, all the time. I don't know why you'd think I was assuming football, but okay, Zordon. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I guess because they were playing football and then the putties were like, oh, I know how to do this. But I think that's just, putties just go with the flow. Yeah, that's the great thing about putties. Putties have lots of skills, including... As we've seen in a couple of these U2 episodes, pretending to be human people and uh, gaining the power of speech. Yeah, just like whatever, man. Whatever the, the need requires, you know, they, they just make it work. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. 
multi-dimensional vortex. I don't know what that is, but... Who knows? Sounds scary. And they always bring up these multi-dimensional things, and I'm just like, yep, absolutely. But they're, like, different than the other one, but they have basically the same name. <laughs> they... When, when Zordon's trying to call Tommy, they show a shot of... At first, he's not calling Tommy nominally because of conserving his powers, right. which is a better excuse than he's at a karate tournament. But they show the shot of Tommy's bag. And I'm like, you are not. You are not about to tell me that this bitch put his communicator in his bag and isn't paying attention again. Like, you are not about to tell me that. But I wonder, like, we do get an explanation, like, later as to why. Yeah, apparently Tommy is just incredibly forgetful he really and no just, one's ever mentioned it. No one's it ever now. mentioned it, but really that's why. It's it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. When when Tommy goes into the fight, he says, Now let the power protect me. Yeah. Which is so good. <laughs> oh my god. I mean this is this one's good. This one's good. Let's just say this one's that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> this one's good. It, Including the end when Bolt comes out in a 2-2. Tommy is somehow the star quarterback. Oh, my God. The season hasn't started yet. I was screaming. I was screaming the whole time. Star quarterback? He doesn't even know what football is. Like, just make him a kicker if you want to include him. I mean, honestly, he probably kicks pretty good with all the karate and the spinning. Yeah, just make the guy a kicker. It's right there. Maybe Billy's the kicker. But I guess, like, kids don't know what a kicker is. Yeah, quarterback's the thing they all know. And Tommy has to be the star. This is, like, a very, like, I'm not... The Green Ranger, it's starting to annoy me, if I'm being honest. Like, it's it's the, like... You know it's gonna get worse. infinitely strong slash not... Like, I don't like it. Mm when a six ranger shows up and it's just cooler and better than everyone else. I find that very not interesting. Mm-hmm. And Tommy was not that for a long time. Yeah. And now is incredibly that. He is the strongest, bestest ranger. And aren't you so happy to see him? And I I just don't, I don't fuck with that. Yeah. I mean, it is only going to get worse from here because when he becomes the white ranger, it just like, it's unstoppable. <laughs> oh, doubles down. Yeah. And then he doesn't even have the veneer of a weakness. No. Although the Green Ranger's draining powers have yet to be a problem yet. We'll see. They, the season ended and the Green Ranger still has his powers. Yeah. So we're going to have to check back in on that one. I hope it's at least an interesting mechanic. We'll see. But yeah, no, in these last few episodes, it's really solidified the fact that like Tommy is so good and he's so great and we love Tommy. And actually everything we're looking for is like an excuse to get Tommy on the screen. And I don't think that that was like to the series credit in any way i agree it's weird when he hops in the cockpit of the dragon sword and then like it's worse when he's in the cockpit than with the dragon dagger yeah because famously he gets in the cockpit in the climax of barai's arc and so it's like him really finally unify and become like a ranger it's kind of weird i do love all the football puns the monster doesn't have a sword and then does have a sword which i like yeah sure why not and Billy made the football team. Which, you know, if that's what he wants. I like when he's announcing the people, Kaplan. It's like a pep rally where they're announcing the team because, you know, that's how this works. Yeah. And it's like, Jason, big, big, big applause. Here's Kimberly and Trini. Here's everything. Yeah. Zach, oh, huge applause. Here we are. Here's Kimberly. Here's Trini. Billy, everyone's applauding. It's so great. And then she's like, and Michael and Jeff and, and Steve. Bobby. And Bobby. <laughs> like all these other names. <laughs> all these people. Some of them are like really working. Yeah. Their little moment. And then he drops a piece of paper that I guess says bulk and star quarterback Tommy. Yeah. Is Kappa the football coach? You know, maybe he is. But you know what? We Okay. So he skipped over the most egregious thing to happen in this entire episode. Speaking of Kaplan, is that Kaplan 
very early on, there's like this, of course, like a ride tackle gag where Bulk tackles Kaplan and right. whatever. There is a audible and like very clear effort to, for Bulk to bite Kaplan's to pay off. Oh, yeah. And I just wanted to underline that because it was insane to me. Like what? It's really weird. Like just have it fall off. There's moments in this and the next episode where Bulk and Skull do something that is just so wild and unhinged. Mm-hmm. That it's just like, but why? This is also counterproductive to the main thing they're working on. And in this case, it's biting Kaplan's to pay off. And what are you going to do? <laughs> Bulk's wearing a tutu at the end. I would I would have ignored it, except they did like a biting sound effect. And I was like, yeah, so I they, like they meant for that to happen. They wanted us to see it. I mean, Kaplan would probably get pretty hurt if he was tackled by Bulk, even by accident. And it's like onto the staircase. Yeah, it was scary for me. I was like, is this really going to happen? But then obviously it's a show. It's fine. But ugh. yeah, but this episode, it's fun. It's a big Tommy feature. Rita bringing a team together to try to fight the Power Rangers teamwork. But the Power Rangers, of course, have better teamwork. Yeah. And let's take a break and then come back for an episode that's a big Tommy focus and Rita bringing a team together to fight the Power Rangers teamwork, but the Power Rangers obviously have better teamwork. Yeah. So this next episode, it's a lot like the last one, except it's not as fun, in my opinion. 100%. It's like the same ideas, kind of, but worse. Yeah, just not as executed well. It's wild that these episodes aired back to back. Like, I don't know if they were written and produced and shot back to back. But like, they're both like doing the same thing. It's very weird. This is also, I think, in the Green Ranger stuff we were just talking about. Like, this is clearly supposed to feature the Red Ranger Mm -hmm. to me. Not here. (laughs) Tommy is the star. I don't know if the Austin St. John and Jason David Frank feud was real, but like in these episodes, I could understand why it would be. It's frustrating. I would be getting mad that, yeah, that I'm not getting storyline because we keep doing the same story with Tommy over and over. Especially because like in the football episode, it's like he has dimension. There's something he may not be good at. And then this episode is like he forgets things. Enough. But he overcomes it every time. This assignment that Appleby gives the students is psychopath. Insane. Psychopath. Like what <laughs> what a wild thing to say to a bunch of teenagers. Go to your friends, ask them about your flaws and be better. Like yeah. invite what? them in to critique you and take that seriously. <laughs> take that to heart. A bunch of 16-year-olds. You ask them, tell me what's wrong with me. Yeah. You just open yourself up to that <laughs> and do it for a grade. Yeah, and if you don't change enough, I'm failing you. You're going to get held back a year. I think things are going really bad at, like, the Appleby Estate Trust. She's having a tough time. It's getting rough, and, and they haven't they haven't released the appetizer sampler platter yet, and that's going to yeah. really change things around for them. But yeah. for now, it's a little it's a little rough over there. So she's taking it out on, on uh, her students by doing these absolutely unhinged assignments. Oh, my God. It also feels a little bit like this is all just an effort to try to get Bulk and Skull to make some improvements. Like she's putting this on the entire oh, class because she's so sick of Bulk and yeah. Skull's bullshit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. No. <laughs> they don't even really do it. Like it would be really, that would be a really fun like runner for like Bulk and Skull to like really try to be different, but they only do it right at the end. Yeah. yeah. I wish we'd gotten to spend more time with Gentleman Bulk and Skull because it's pretty fun. Yeah. Rita sees this and is like, oh, Green Ranger has a weakness. And like, Green Ranger has a 
clear weakness that's mentioned every single episode. He has a limited amount of power. It's he's he's operating on borrowed yeah. time. Like, what are you talking about? You've known he has a weakness. And then this plan has nothing to do with the Green Ranger's weakness. Of being forgetful. Yeah, no. Rita, I guess, has been sitting on these this ability to make other rangers the whole time, also. I wonder if like they're not real rangers. Like, obviously they're not, but like I wonder if it's just like it was kind of an embarrassing thing. They're like, this will work in a pinch, but they're really not that powerful. I don't know. Yeah, they need a Commander Crayfish leading the way. I also don't know why, like, their outfits look so different to me when they're wearing a gray belt and, like, black gloves. Like, was it different it material? It really changes the look. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell. And at first I thought, because when we first see them, it's an American produced yeah. footage. And so I was like, oh, this must be because they were made in America. But then later when we see them, like, it's in Toei yeah. produced footage. And, like... The suits look so different. I don't get it. It's, you know, that just tells you how much, like, contrast is really important in an outfit. But, like, holy shit, it was so weird. It was kind of like looking at an optical illusion the whole time. Because <laughs> you're just like, what? Yeah. And one of the weirder things about me, too, is that the the gray on the Black Ranger, the bad yeah. Black Mutant Ranger, is, like, darker than the other gray. Yeah. So it really all kind of blends in. It's a very strange look on that particular really Ranger. really weird. Yeah, that one, like, had, like, kind of a, a distortion effect almost because it just looks so much darker than everything else. But I guess it's just, like, suggestion of your eyes, like, trying to make sense. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, it's, it was really it's weird. very weird. Okay, good. I'm glad it was weird for you because it was really weird for me. Rita has also done doppelgangers before. Yes. So it's really just like we've, we're trotting the same territory. Just a different version of that. It's just a different kind, which I like kind of think is interesting. I don't know why they're like no Red Ranger. Like, I mean, obviously it's because Toei didn't like let the Red Ranger have a doppelganger in that footage but like they just it just is goldar saying like none of you are good enough for this and that just like made me think that he was going to become the red ranger but that's not what happened no it's commander crayfish who is a red monster i'm assuming that's where like toey was coming from Mm. like maybe in their head it was like this monster just has these sort of ranger backups which is kind of fun but like it's all very weird also when the mutant rangers come out Kimberly and Tommy fight them. I don't know why the Mutant Rangers run away. They're like, they really have Kimberly and Tommy on the roofs, but that's an evergreen question. Right. But after this happens, they all just kind of chill. They're just like, well, let's go back to the frame story because nothing we can do now. (laughs) You just have to wait for them to attack again. Yeah. Like even Billy is like, I'm so glad I could help make you a little device to help you remember things to get my brain off of the constant terror we're under. It's very strange. It, it strikes me as very strange, yeah. which usually doesn't happen. I'm just like, usually once the monster part of the episode gets going, we are not going back to the other part of the episode. Yeah. And so it's very weird to like, like sometimes we'll fight putties because the monster's not ready yet. But like the threat is in play and they're all just like, well, let's uh, build you this device and tie something on your thing. Tommy is so forgetful. So forgetful. He doesn't remember anything. He's forgetful to the point that I'm like, did you suffer a brain injury? Likely. Do we need to take you to a doctor? Because like, I'm I'm concerned by the the sheer level of like, you cannot remember anything. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, I do think that it kind of explains why he was never wearing his communicator ever or ever had his morpher. It does. But also, I wish that it wasn't as crazy levels of like forgetful. I wish it was just like a normal thing. Like he forgets. He was like, Oh, I forgot Kimberly that we were going to meet at five 30 and whatever, like stuff like that. Not just like, I'm going to leave my locker open. Like what? 
I wish it was just like a normal thing is something I could say about a lot of Power Rangers (laughs) frame stories. You're right. I do not wish that the Power Rangers Power Rangers story was like a normal thing, to be clear. Those should always be. I think that's the beautiful contrast. Yeah. This should always be insane. I We do get Tommy not answering his communicator again. It's funny. It's in his locker. I, what an idiot. The, like, idea of the leaders is also really funny. And then, like, when they're fighting the doppelganger rangers in the Toei footage, the green one has, like, Helfrida, the Sword of Darkness. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was, like, pretty, pretty, pretty destroyed from my memory. Well, here's the thing about the Toei footage. When they make it, they're like, I don't know what the fuck these Americans did with our stuff. So let's put this in here. Not our problem. (laughs) They're just giving us stuff to like do with whatever we want. And we don't even use it right. So like, I guess they can have this one. They can... Yeah. They can have that. They're already focused on Die Ranger, I'm sure. Yeah. It's also funny because the rest of the Rangers are fighting with like the non-legendary versions of the Sentai weapons. So if you remember from Shoe Ranger, they, oh, yeah. the Shoe Ranger had weapons that when they would morph would also morph into the legendary weapons we know and mm-hmm. love. But like those are the props they've given to the other Rangers. Right. And that's why they have to get identical weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Identical except for a little worse looking weapons. They're... Well, an American produced because in the command center yeah. moment where Alpha gives them these look the same, but I promise they're better weapons. And like they look bad, right? Well, that's because they're American made. They don't have the real ones. What's confusing about that to me is like, weren't they selling toys of these weapons? Like the whole point of Power Rangers gear is that it's a, something that can be produced. It's toyetic. You can sell it. But like, they were... Could they not just go to a Toys R Us? Well, I don't think they had them to scale. That's like... Oh, I forgot they were for children. I forgot about children. (laughs) Like, I have, like, a set of, like, the the weapons from, like, Ninja Storm or whatever, and they're tiny. They're, like, for small children. Like, they would not work. (laughs) In today's episode, John forgets the Power Rangers is a show for children. You really caught me there. You really caught well, me. There. They look bad. They're like foam yeah. core is sort of what it looks like. Yeah. And the scale is all really weird and it doesn't look good. We go back into the fight and they work just fine. <laughs> and what do you know? They look just like the regular weapons. I don't understand mm-hmm. this. It's stupid. It's also very weird. They do this a lot right now where like the rangers will just leave the fight and the monster's there, but they just leave. And then like, it just seems like the monster's like frozen in time <laughs> until the rangers are ready to return. Yeah, I don't get it. There's a lot of like departure. There's a lot of like, well, not right now. We're not going to do this right now. We'll do it later. We'll do it on our own terms. And it's like, it's a monster. You got to address it. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole thing is that Rita's trying to destroy the world, right. correct? Like, like we should, people could die. Yeah. Like, I don't think you can be so laissez-faire about how you address this monster. We have what I'm sure will not be the final escalation of the naming convention of what it's <laughs> called when they put all of their weapons together to into a big boom boom thing. It was the power cannon. For a while it was the mega blaster. Mm-hmm. And this episode, it's the power blaster. I like the etymology of it. It make, It's making sense to me. <laughs> They're iterating. They're figuring out what feels right to them. Or maybe the power blaster is just what it's called when it's the new stronger <laughs> weapons. <laughs> That look different, but the same, but different. Sure. Tommy decides he has no flaws and doesn't need to change. Well, no. I think his friends are like, actually, what Appleby is telling you to do is fucked up. I think... Okay, but I actually think Tommy has a legitimate problem here that he needs to be working on. Well, I do think he has a brain injury, but like... (laughs) That's that's what I mean. His legitimate... Yeah aneurysm that's gonna burst but in the in the universe where this isn't a brain injury and it's just a fun quirk which is what we're in his friends are like actually i think miss appleby's assignment is fucked up and your flaws make you who you are which i like that moral i like that 
Yeah, I guess. It's just in this case, it feels like this is truly like some flaws are like, I don't know, I have a quick temper. Mm -hmm. And on some levels, like I'm a passionate person and that's fine. But on other levels, like I also have to be aware that I can't get angry too fast in certain situations because I'm an adult human being operating in the world. Learning that you're naturally pretty forgetful, but that that's not going to work for you and finding ways to adapt to that without being like, I hate myself for this. Like that's called growing up. Yeah, it's kind of a mismatch moral to like what the problem is, for sure. Yes, if it was like, if the problem he was working on is that he like loves karate too much. Oh, yeah, like he's too hyper focused. Yeah, well, we all do, Chan. Yeah. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> I have some rewrites. I wish this was more normal. Uh, Balkan's call show up acting like perfect gentlemen. Yeah. Which is great. But for some reason, they've decided they need to give Miss Appleby a gag gift. Like, what's the point of going through all the trouble to act like gentlemen to get a good grade if you're just going to do this? Can they not help themselves? I think it's compulsive. I think they, too, have brain injuries. Who knows? I'm really worried about these kids. There's something in the water. I don't know. The school is failing these students. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Rita has succeeded more than we know. Yeah, maybe it's a slow burn. Who knows? It's impressive. It's impressive. Uh, We haven't really talked about monsters in like a lot of these episodes because like Lizinator is pretty unassuming except for the fact that it sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Rhino Blaster, I literally cannot summon to my brain right now. Like Mm -hmm. his sword is cool. Otherwise, whatever. Commander Crayfish looks like a giant crayfish. Like I like when they put him on their back. Mm -hmm. I don't know why she didn't make the yellow and pink mutant rangers big. Misogyny. Their bazongas would have been (laughs) everywhere. Yeah, that's it. That's why. It's always very funny. We saw this in an episode where the green ranger, when he was evil, was made giant. When there is like... It looks so bad. Like, it really gives away the game. You're like, oh. (laughs) That's just a man. I understand what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. They really need to be monsters or robots. They can't be humans. Like, it's weird. But it's fun when they put them on their shoulders yeah. and then there's like, ha ha ha, you can't beat me now. Ooh, but I did like seeing them fall down. That was really fun when they all fell down. Loved seeing them fall <laughs> That was down. so good. When they bring out the Ultra Sword, because Commander Crave is like, ha ha, they can't possibly do anything. And then they start making the Ultra Sword and Commander Crave is just like, oh, fuck, run away. It's good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nice. That's nice. Commander Crayfish has a fun personality. He's a real leader. Yeah. On monsters, though, this next one, I'm not a fan Kinda of the design. Looking, right? Like, kind of kind of a little upsetting in yeah, a lot of like, ways. Yeah, uh, like, I don't know about this one, guys. Like, it's not not vaginal. Yeah. Yannick, to put it in, in more um, um, academic That's terms. really the only thing that we can say about it. That's what it is. And, like, that's the thing about oysters, right? Like, that's kind of <laughs> just, like, in the mix. Right. It's also a really upsetting color it didn't have to be. Right. Also that. There's a lot here. It has a lot of, like, orifices. I... The, not a fan. The, like, the pearl of it all. I'm not a fan of this. I was like, this is not... Mm-mm, no. Rethink this, everyone. But they didn't, so... There is not a single thing about, like, the ranger plot of this episode that makes any kind of no. sense. It is entertaining at times, but, like, the echo side pearl, destroy the pearl, break the spell, here's other pearls, he's underwater, mm-hmm. we got a megazord, he's already big underwater. It's just, like, no. But we do get another... And our final chapter of the Zack and Angela saga. Which I like. The thing is, this, we have to keep in mind the whole time we're watching it, is a season finale. Yep, this is the season finale. This is the big, this is, they were like, land the plane. Yeah, this is what they're doing. So the main thing about this one, though, is like, there is this big date thing, which is a culmination of like the one and only personal story narrative that we've had this whole season, which is Zack and Angela 
and their very rocky courtship, not courtship. I don't know. Angela is constantly shutting him down, but then also being like, well, maybe we can go on a date. It's really confusing. I wouldn't date her, Zach. Like, I would just move on. And she she really likes toying. With yeah, him. it's like, I I don't think this is a fun. I do have written down Angela Queen because, like, Angela as a person, I support it. But I wouldn't want to date that. Right. Hard to get is not real. Mm-hmm. This is my wisdom for everyone. And if someone is playing hard to get, they're not worth your time. Agreed. Period. Agreed. Don't waste your time on people who but don't. But Angela is, like, hot and fun. She is fun. <laughs> She is fun. And she also is, like, conscious of her own flaws. She's like, I'm too materialistic. Like, okay, that's one of them. Cool. Like, it's it's very clear to me that she doesn't really like Zach, but she likes being flirted with and she likes stuff. Absolutely. On one level, like, work. And on the other level, like, don't play Zach this way. You can tell he's so smitten for you. Yeah, he's, like, so into her. And she's just like, well, maybe I can get some fancy earrings out of it. Oh, I don't like it. This is where we get, like, the most confirmation that Tommy and Kimberly are dating. Yes, because they're going to go on a double date. Yeah. Zach asks that very casually. They accept very casually. The implication being that they are a couple. Right. And we just have to live with that. Like, that's all we get. We're just going to have to accept that it's been happening the whole time. This We were waiting for it to feel like they were coming back together. Well, guess what? It happened off They've screen. They've been together. It's never going to happen. It's happening. The episode opens with Tommy bench pressing. Mm-hmm. And my brain took me back to that episode where Jason and Bulk are doing that bench press yeah. contest because Tommy is like, not to be a like gym guy, uh, is not benching very much. No, but he's, <laughs> like, he's not a big guy. For a guy. person of his athletic ability, but like he's strong. Like yeah. it, that's like a, like, I mean, no shade. Like everyone benches what they bench and I don't want to judge anyone's weight. It's just like, it was, it was surprising to me that it's like, that's really not a lot of weight he's got on that bar. <laughs> Maybe he was going for a really high I am volume. reminded again, we should not be looking at these episodes this closely. <laughs> I just remember when Jason did like a thousand bench presses or whatever. It was yes. actually a pretty heavy weight. Right. And also, and then Bulk had the previous record. Remember, we have to remember that. Bulk is so strong. I cannot forget. Bulk in this episode is chasing another bag. Bulk and Skull, mm-hmm. you know I love it when they're entrepreneurs. Singing telegrams just always make me think of the Clue movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm like happy to think of the Clue movie and happy to hear singing telegrams mentioned. But the idea that they're preparing this like rock and roll audition with this original weirdo song to be singing telegrams and that it works. I about this. <laughs> I love Bulk's voice. I think it's really fun. I also think that Kimberly just loves Bulk and Skull so much. This was a moment that felt like the thing I liked the most, which is just like familiar affection. Yeah. Like they are being ridiculous in this yeah, moment. Yeah. And Kimberly doesn't feel like she's like, you fucking loser. She feels like, oh my God, Bulk and Skull, what are you doing? Yeah. Which like, it was warm. I liked yeah. it. I'm into it. Yeah. I wish that that was like a textual thing so badly. Ugh anyway it's textual in my heart yeah and that's what really matters rita in this episode like overall in jutsu i have a question for you i'm ready do you think they're not trying hard enough with rita or do you think they're trying too hard it is both at the same time (laughs) it really is because they have these really weird things for her to say and like justifications for her plans and that's difficult to take in but like also they could have just like not done that i don't know she could have just like kind of faded into the background but she's already kind of doing that it's weird like sometimes i want less of her sometimes i want more i don't fucking know. whatever amount we're getting is just like the wrong it's amount. not right like either just give me pearl earrings i'll show you a pearl that you'll never forget and then i never have to see rita for the rest of the episode or you can give me some sort of plan where she's deciding to use the pearl of stillness or whatever but like there's like 
destroy the ocean. This, this pearl, this other pearl, this monster doesn't seem like it's one that's created. It seems it's one she's like calling yeah, up somehow. Yeah, but we don't like, know that. It's all very weird. And like, I think that's been a thing for a lot of Jutu where it's like they feel the need to like put more in Rita's mouth than they can actually support. Like she is generating the monsters. So like she has to make this work for them. But like also they don't want to take the time to like make it make sense. Yes. But they, they take almost too much time. Like every single episode could just be, oh, the Green Ranger forgets stuff. I'm going to give him a challenge he'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Oh, football season. Well, I've got a big team to send against yours. Oh, what was the B one? Oh, <laughs> oh the, the peck. I'll give you a peck on the cheek. You'll never yeah, forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great one. Like, and, and that can be it. But there's always these weird, like, convoluted lore things mm-hmm. that I'm just like, why? It's funny because, like, in my mind, that's all that Rita does. Like, Rita is just that, like, kind of minimal, like, oh, you... Like, oh, you're forgetful? Well, forget this. Whatever. Like, in my memory of the show, like, that's what it is. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, why is she saying so much? It's weird. It's bad. There's too much gold art. This is the last episode with Machika Soka dubbed over Rita Repulsa footage. Rita Repulsa will, of course, be back. Mm -hmm. But when she is back, it is she is being played by an American actress. Fine. And Bandora is, of course, gone. So we will we will bid a fond farewell to the wonderful Machika Soka who just was so good as Bandora, was really fun as Rita a lot of times in the way it was done. Yeah. But like lately, just, just not great. big wolf. I'm ready for villains again. I am ready for like overall plotting. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not expecting greatness from the Power Ranger side of things, but at least like they can put, generate scenes for Lord Zed that they need, right. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This man in the park who's selling the Oh party. my God. He's great. He's excellent. This actor we have seen recently, he was in the Trick or Treat episode playing the game show. Oh my God, he was. He's, he's like leaning into this. Like, I love that it's not just like, I got cheap jewelry for you. He's like, I really got to seal the deal by telling Zach that this belonged to my dead wife. Mm-hmm. Because that's, like, romantic. And really, I think it's deeply creepy. But, like, it works on Zach. Right. Like, theoretically, this man is just, like, trying to make a buck off of his dead wife's possessions. Right? If that's true. Right? It's not. He's a con artist. But right. in the universe where There's it's no true. There's no reason Zach should trust this like, man. What? I guess, like, it's the fact that, like, Zach is 16. And he's trying to buy pearl earrings that cost hundreds of dollars. And he has, like, 30. And also, he's just like, is this enough? And the guy doesn't even look at the money. He's just like, sure. And Zach's like, well, this all seems normal. Yeah, he's like, this is fine. It's going, it's, it's honestly great. It's one of my favorite scenes <laughs> in this chunk of episodes. Like, I, I don't want it to be different, but it is like cuckoo bananas weird. Yeah, it is. I mean, I did have a question about like that putty. Like, what does it do with the money afterwards? Like, eats it? I don't know. <laughs> does, he, does the putty take the money to Squaw and Bebu and they like get pizza? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I hope I so. Go fun. see a movie. Yeah. I also want to call out Kimberly's amazing hat game in these episodes, but it's specifically in this one kimberly looks so good in this episode when they go to the date she's like i'm actually just gonna keep wearing the dress i was wearing earlier because i look fine Mm -hmm. and she does and i'm into it and she just has this cute hat and it's cute i love it when they're walking into the french restaurant tommy has put on a green blazer it's so big because it's the 90s it's really funny and he just goes like cool and it's like what (laughs) excuse me yeah. It's really good. But Zach's outfit it's is really also good. good. Zach's outfit is great, actually. Zach looks great. Zach always looks yeah, great. Yeah. Always. Always. And then we very quickly get into, like, panic at the French bistro. You know what I mean? Yes. First, 
Jason, Billy, and Trini have not appeared in this episode. Right. Trini goes, I wonder how Zach's day's going. And then she goes, look out. That is like the actual thing that happens. Yeah. And they're attacked by bunnies and it doesn't matter. And then like Bulk and Skull show up and things are falling over. He like orders, he tries to order in French and orders like frog legs. And they're like, oh, but it's like frog legs. They're like, good. I don't know. Like I love that also Skull loves frog legs. The thing we learned. Oh, yeah. When he calls over the waiter, he says Garcon, hard C, Oof. which is also... I have to imagine was a acting choice, not a scripted joke. It feels that way to me. And like, hats off to you. Sure. Very funny. There's a big sheet cake that gets thrown on people for some reason. It's wild. I have to assume that Zach ordered a sheet cake for Angela's birthday. But that doesn't make sense because this is a fancy French bistro. Why would they have a sheet cake? They would not. They just wouldn't. I'm sure they have delicious desserts. Sure. Not a sheet cake like from Costco. Absolutely. But that's the best thing to throw onto a plate or throw onto a table and get people nice and messy. Or onto bulk. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really stupid because then they like go away. Angela puts on the earring. The second Angela sees the earring, she's like fucking in now because she was having a terrible time. And then it's like, oh, wait, jewels, (laughs) Uh, which honestly work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like Angela, if Angela told me about this when I was Angela's friend, I'd be like, you get what you get. You know what I mean? Like, have a good time. Get what you can get out of it. But if I was Zach's friend, I'd be like, stay away from her. (laughs) You need to. Yeah. She is using you. The weirdest thing in this to me is that. Zordon tells Jason, Billy, and Trini mm-hmm. about the pearls of stillness. They're like, oh my god, those must be Zach's earring. No one attempts to call Zach. No, they have communicators and instead they just race to the French bistro. I would assume we would sort of backfill that like they weren't wearing their communicators on the date. But then like when they come upon everyone frozen, by which I mean colored blue in post and standing still and some of the actors are standing more still than others... <laughs> Like, Zach just instantly goes to his communicator. It's like, wait, did you guys not think that I should call him? I don't know. Maybe it's like the idea that communicating is new. I, no, really, there's no excuse. Whatever. There's no excuse. It's like, and, and even if Jason and Billy and Trini didn't think of it, Zordon should have. But, okay, but when has Zordon ever been really helpful? There is some textual evidence in this episode that Zordon wants Zach and Tommy to die. <laughs> Okay, walk me through it. Walk me through it. Well, he sends them to fight the Oysterizer uh-huh. or Oystinator. I, it's not sticking. <laughs> I'll double check. Which one is it? Oysterizer. 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 Yeah. And famously does not tell them about the acid gel, which seems like it really, <laughs> it's a real dink in the doink for, for old Zach when he gets hit yeah, by it. Yeah, he does not like it. It doesn't feel good. And... I just feel like maybe Zordon was like, uh-oh, you got killed by the acid gel. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I absolutely think now, yeah, that that is what the intention was. I did not think that before, but yeah. The way Zach says Zordon didn't tell us about the acid gel is, it's really good to me. You know who's really fucking forgetful? <laughs> Zordon. Oops, I forgot to mention that. And then... Tommy gives Zach the dragon shield, which is fun. We get Such a cool Rangers visual. I love it. Instantly gets hit by his own <laughs> bunch, of, bunch of acid gel. And then I guess Tommy breaks the spell. I don't want to look at it too know, closely because who cares? But kicks him into the water and then runs into the restaurant and Tommy's not there. <laughs> and there's this like weird couplet where they're like, where's Tommy? And Zach goes, I left him on the beach. And in my head, I'm like, is he still suffering from the acid gel? <laughs> This is a finale. Like, I think what theoretically happened is that Zach was like, I'm feeling better. Here's your shield back so you can heal up a bit. While mm-hmm. you do that, I'll go grab the others and get the Megazord. But like what we get is I left him at the beach. 
<laughs> no time to explain. There's an underwater fight. It's kind of cool to be underwater, but you have to look at the vagina monster. Oh, God, it's so awful. The whole time I'm just like, please, no. Early on when they talk about going underwater, they're like, the Zoras don't work underwater. And in my brain, I was instantly like, doesn't the Dragon Zord live in water? And then later in the episode, the Dragon Zord actually works quite well underwater. Yeah. So, you know, Power Rangers, where continuity goes to die even within a single episode. They beat it. Whatever, man. Tommy calls the Dragon Zord buddy. Cute. Don't serenade people. It's weird. I guess people like it. I think it's so I, weird. Oh, uh, Angela kind of liked it, but... The best part of this sequence is when he's, like, just saying... When they're just talking and he's done with his song, mm-hmm. there's, like, background music and Bulk is, like, harping it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really funny. It's very good. But... Like, it's just weird because then they are kissing and then Bulk and Skull are, like, right there with them. Yeah, scream, sing at them, and then Angela leaves town and never tells anyone. Never see her again. Where she went. Goodbye, Angela. Ode to Angela. <laughs> we had a lot of fun with her over the over the episodes here. We're gonna miss her. Yeah, I am gonna miss being able to write Angela all caps in my notes. Because that's what I did every time. Because every time that's how it feels. Yeah, she's like, whoa, there she is! Continuity! Um, God, I really hate this monster. I don't like it. I don't. I hate it. I was like, did no one else think that that was not fun to look at? No one else. No one else. Anyway. All right. We did it. 60 episodes of Power Rangers, 50 episodes of Super Sentai, plus some other Sentai episodes, all these comic books. We have done it. So now I have to ask you. For the last time this season, who was your favorite ranger this episode? And much like when we ended Sentai, I would I would kind of like to know who was your favorite ranger this season as well. Favorite ranger this like this chunk of episodes here is definitely it like it has to be Tommy because he has like a narrative kind of. Yeah. yeah. You know, the other argument is Zach. OK, either one. I'm going to go with Kimberly because I do what I want. I mean, that's what I want to say. But see, that's my favorite ranger overall is Kimberly. I love Favorite ranger overall. Tell us, tell us why Kimberly is so great. Because she just adds stuff to a scene. She's always adding. It's never taking away. It's never a problem. She's never like, why is Kimberly doing that? It's always fun to watch her be Kimberly. And I like that. I think that's great. I think Kimberly is definitely like an all-time great just in the interest of saying someone different i'm still gonna go with trini trini has fallen off unfortunately in the back half of the season but like the thing about trini that always works for me is like whenever it's a trini feature episode like you know it's gonna be good yes like it always works and like hey i don't know why they didn't lean on that more she's like such a fun cool character but like i love trini i think trini is having a lot of fun in all the scenes and agree yeah my favorite this season was trini i love that girl power Natalie, we have done it. That is it for this episode and season one of our Holy crap. Holy crap. We did a whole season. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, listeners. Yes. For coming along with us. We wouldn't keep doing this if people weren't listening to it. So that's really cool that you guys are. And we're happy to have you here. And we're excited to see you in season two. We are going to take a little programming break just to recharge a little bit. Some life stuff. You know the deal. We will have a bonus episode I don't know exactly when it's going to go up because it's going to depend on like when we can get it together about the Netflix anniversary special that is coming out just right around when this episode will be launching as well. So that will tide you over and uh, we'll, we'll clearly announce on the social medias when that episode will be out and also when the season two will officially launch. Yeah. But we are excited to see you when we get into that. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. We're excited about going into like a new Sentai season. I think we 
Mm-hmm. I, we both miss Sentai a lot, and it's going to be good to get back to that. That's social media. It's Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram, Teach Me Sentai. You can also email us at teachmesentai at gmail.com. Please rate and review the show. And this is a great time, now that the whole season is done, to maybe reach out to a friend that you think would like the show and say, hey, you like Power Rangers. Here's 36 episodes taking you through a full season of Sentai and Power Rangers. Maybe you want to listen. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Binge it. It's binge-worthy. Maybe. But to wrap everything up, for the last time this season, John, if you were given a morpher today, what color ranger would you be? Today I am a brown ranger of some kind. Like, I don't know what I want to call it. I feel like it probably would have a cool name, but like, I'm I'm wearing brown. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't imagine ever being a brown ranger. Maybe like a tan, maybe a like, I don't know. I always think like copper like a copper ring yeah 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 that's cool mm-hmm. that's groovy something like that i don't know pretty i'm, I'm six rangery though what about i you? am like head to toe in gray right now so Ooh, I... <laughs> it's like copper and graphite yeah. which i think are two graphite is definitely in dino charge yeah so we are earth tones it's earth tone rangers from the earth tone season that that is us and until we see you in season two may the power protect you bye Teach Me Sentai is produced and hosted by Natalie Bridgman and John McDonough. Our incredible music is by Christopher Bridgman and our wonderful podcast art is by Yvonne14. You can find their work on Twitter at E-A-V-O-N 14 or on Instagram at yvonne.14.art. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash teachmesentai and new episodes come out every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.